Welcome into the VolQuest Power Hour. Chad Withrow here with you in uh, the Nashville office of VolQuest.com. Brent Hubs, Rob Lewis, Austin Price on with us as well. And guys, a, a big day for Tennessee Athletics, naming new Athletics Director Danny White in the introductory press conference today. I guess we'll start with first impressions of the new head man of Vols Athletics. Brent, let's start with you. Well, you know, the first thing that struck me is he didn't wear a tie. And I don't think that's a negative, but I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, younger guy and, um, you know, he kind of was tried to be a little more casual. I, I thought, um, I thought he was very conversational. It was not a scripted out. He did not have a written out script, uh, but his message was pretty clear. And maybe the most intriguing message was his public challenge to the Tennessee fan base um, to, to be positive and to, and to not drag the negativity that's out there. He's very cognizant of that stuff. He's never been afraid to engage with people on Twitter uh, about those types of things. So I thought that was a couple of immediate things that jumped out to mind to me. Austin, what about you? Well, uh, well, for me, I, I just thought, you know, Brent, you know, stole my thunder because everybody knows I've harped on this and argued with the general's quarters for a month and a half about what, the negativity whether it be on message boards twitter or whatever can do to kids you know i mean they you know you just don't know what they're they're, they're battling through and they read it all like you know jeremy pruitt or tennessee's next head coach or assistant coaches they don't necessarily see all that stuff but the student athlete does they're they're sitting there watching everything unfold so um you know i, I think you know hey, listen there are gonna be times where people are gonna be negative there's no way to squash that but if you as i told rob in the two-minute drill if you cut it by half how much does that change the narrative about things? I think it drastically changes it if you cut cut that stuff in half. So, um, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I thought that he did a, a, a you know a remarkable job of hitting the, the talking points everybody wants to hear. I thought it inter- be very interesting that he mentioned that you know, well, people that were on the hot boards at my previous job hires weren't the ones that we hired. I, I, I took I, I thought that was very interesting. Um, you know, to 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 me to note, you know, hey. Just because we've got a hot board out there means nothing. It means nothing to this guy. Did, did you guys, and, and Rob, I want to get your reaction to just Danny White in general, but was there was there a different sense about the direction of athletics with Danny White? And Rob, I'll start with you on this one. Just with his energy and what he had to say about the program, was this more of the standard trope of what you hear from an incoming athletic director, or did it, something feel different with them? But I, I think the whole thing felt different, Chad. And I made this point to Austin and, and Brent. You're 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 a ball historian, but I mean, I, is this the first time in history of the athletic department that Tennessee went out and hired an athletic director that other schools around the conference, around the, the nation, will be like, man, I wish we'd gotten that guy. I mean, other than Dave Hart, who they plucked out of semi-retirement at Alabama, who was a number two guy, Tennessee has never made this kind of hire. You know, Bob Woodruff back in the you know prehistoric ages was a former player. You know, coached it was in the admin. Doug Dickey was a former head football coach. Mike Hamilton, you'll never meet a nicer human being, but he fell backwards into the job when, when Tennessee couldn't hire anybody to replace Dickey. You know, you go from, from Mike to I mentioned Dave Hart, John Curry, well respected in the industry, but nobody would, would call him a rock star. He, you know, his he got this job, I think primarily because of his experience here in the past. And then, you know, Philip was not just part of the family. He was the grandfather of the family. So for the first time ever, Tennessee goes out and makes a splash hire and, and gets, you know, God that is widely regarded as a rising star in college athletics. That's, that's what jumped out to me today. Watching Mike White. 
Well, and, and I think too, Chad, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I think too is – this is this is where Tennessee's targeted. This is where Tennessee went. I, I think the search firm totally reached out to some other candidates to see their interest. But I had a chance to to get a quick question or a quick visit in with the chancellor as she walked out the door today after the press conference. And I said, honestly, I mean, you really never talked to anybody else. And she said, no. She said the best advice I got from somebody because she'd never conducted a search like this before. She'd always hired academic people. And they have to go before committees and public forums and everything else. So she goes, I've never really done one that's been kind of in silence, if you will. And she said, the best advice I got was pick who you want and go make them tell you no. And she said, I wasn't going to let him tell me no. And as a result of that, he's getting a fat payday today, Chad. Well, and, and how different is it to be dealing with a story that's positive? You know, Rob had mentioned this felt different because it's Tennessee going in a different direction to me, a positive storyline nationally, right? This is one where national writers are coming in saying, Hey, I've got no objection to Danny white at Tennessee. This, this seems like an incredible move. And then it seemed like when everything was at its darkest on what was it Wednesday night, when you had the four players, the four key players entering the transfer portal, then the news comes down Thursday with Danny white. Now you've got two players possibly coming back to Tennessee what has this momentum been like on a positive front for the university and for athletics and the football program? Well, you know, the old Batman Begins line, it's always the darkest just before the dawn, Chad. And, you know, <laughs> I, I think that ultimately that's, that's something that's very true. I mean, you look at today, I put this on the general's quarters. I expect Wanye and Henry T to be back. I think Eric Gray still an X factor. Maybe he's back. Maybe he's not. I know that Tennessee's not giving up hope there. And, and, and here's the deal. If you get Henry back, He's the leader of that group. I wouldn't surprise me at all to see most of them, if not all, come back to Tennessee and at least go through spring and give this new coaching staff a chance to win them over, which I think, you know, to me, to me, that's a positive. You know, Brent Samaglia, something that's not out there, he's back. You know, you can, you can start looking more and more positives that are out there. You know, I, I think for, for Danny White, you know, it, it, it's about finding an, an aggressive, you know, coach you know he's very much on off an offensive top guy and uh i'm just going to be interested to see where he goes with this but you know clearly you know tennessee you know went a certain way as brent just noted with their athletic director hire which was make him say no does danny white do that with his potential candidates and what's the money that's been given to him that to me is a huge question you know is, is he going to be able to just go out there and say go get him yeah, no question. I think that's important. Rob, I think another thing that jumped out to me, uh, you know, about his press conference today, uh, aside from what it kind of meant to the fans and what he said to the fans, I thought his message to the student athlete was pretty interesting. We live in a day and age where they want their voice and they expect their voice to be heard more than ever. Um, in a lot of ways, they want more power. They've been empowered in, in, in some ways. We've seen that over the course of the last year. And, of course, name likeness image is something that's out there as well. But for him to openly say today, Rob, that the first thing I need to do is get in a team room, figure out who the leaders are, and talk to them about what they're looking for in a head coach. That's a pretty savvy PR move in your opening press conference. I'm not saying he's going to hire – there are three recommendations, but to publicly empower them like that, I thought was a pretty, pretty slick PR move uh, from this guy today. And I thought it was kind of representative of, you know, the feel I got from him. And, and again, no knock on Philip at all, but just the generational difference that you get with Danny White 
you know, his referencing social media multiple times. The fact that what you're talking about, talking to the kids. I mean, he's just connected to this generation, understands this generation in a, in a way that, you know, just from his age. And I, again, I don't want to knock on Philip at all, but it's just, it's just different when you're talking about a guy that's, you know, 30 years younger who has young kids who are on their iPads all day long, who are on Instagram all day long. I mean, he clearly has, has a feel for this generation. And I thought that was one of the things that stood out the most is that, you know, I can't talk to everybody in the team, but I'm going to talk to the team, have them elect six or seven guys. And I want to, I want to hear their feedback. I want to know what they want, what they feel like they need in this program. Now, you know, he's not going to talk specific candidates with them, but he's going to get, you know, what are their one, two and three biggest things that they want from a head coach. I, I, I thought that was really savvy. Rob, it's interesting you bring up the uh, not wanting to knock Philip Foreman because you could almost hear the beep, beep, beep in the press conference when Danny White said, I'm not here to be a placeholder. And he said, that's not to knock anyone else that may have been a placeholder at any point. But I thought that was savvy of him also to it click in his mind to say, this is not me knocking Philip Fulmer, who was here before me. But he, at least at the press conference, was talking about this being his destination as at 40 years old a guy who could be at Tennessee for 20, 25 years if he's doing a good job. Um, The reference of the hot board and how if I were hired just to go by the traditional hot boards out there and pick one of those 10, then why would they be hiring me? Did that make you guys immediately think about outside-the-box candidates that he could be targeting that no one's talking about right now? Well, he was an outside-the-box candidate, Brent. I mean – you know, nobody had him pegged when this whole thing started, when they looked for an athletic director. Chancellor Plowman sat there, and, and I think it even hit, hit her that just a few days ago she sat up there, and it was like a morgue press conference announcing all these things. And then today is so different. Um, you know, just how quickly all this is going down, you know, I, I think that Tennessee could go outside the box here, and I still go back to what I said a minute ago. How much money are they letting him spend? Are they letting him just go out there and get, get, say, tell me no, tell me no? If that's happening, then, you know, who knows where this could come from? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think that it's interesting on the hot board stuff. I, he, I don't think he knows what names are really being thrown out there in terms of what the hot board looks like. I, mean, I don't know that he's got on his phone in the last few hours of this whirlwind and going, hey, what's FallQuest put out on their hot board or what's, you know, what's on whatever outlet out there as a hot board deal? I think his point was, and, and maybe I'm misreading this, but I think his point was, Hey, I'm in charge, and y'all can guess all you want to guess. I'm not going to tell you anything. You're not going to know a step-by-step, blow-by-blow of my travel plans and who I'm talking to, and you got no idea who it might be. Maybe it, maybe you got lucky and it fell on your hot board, but that, that doesn't mean you know anything. So, um, I, you know, I thought that was kind of the, the message. Some people took that to mean, Rob, that he's already got a guy. I don't think he's got a guy. He may have some people in mind, but I don't think he's that far down the road but he's not going to share a whole lot with what he's doing with a lot of people. No, I thought, I mean, he said that, uh, what was the comment? Like the players are going to, the, the players are going to find out who the hire is for, when, when I tell them, I mean, that's gonna be the first place they hear it. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> good luck with that. But I mean, when you talk about outside the box, I mean, he hired Nate Oates. I mean, he hired Bobby Hurley, but didn't Nate Oates was a high school coach, you know, four years before he got the Buffalo job. And now, you know, he's he maybe the best coach in the sec. I mean, I think this this guy's track record is is strong when it comes to hiring coach. I mean, that's you know that, that's Captain Obvious statement right there. But you look at what Oates did at Buffalo, what what you know he's done. I mean, Johnny Dawkins 
that wouldn't that wouldn't he flamed out at Stanford, you know, obviously he saw something in Johnny Dawkins. And, and you know, you look at the football program has just been a, a runaway success at UCF. It's a great point because Chet, he's hired all kinds of people. You know, he's hired. I mean, Johnny Dawkins was thought to kind of be out to pasture. Yeah, Basketball trashy. career was over. Trash heap, you know, dumpster fire, if you will. He goes with a veteran guy there. He pulls a high school coach to be a basketball coach and, and Nate Oates, and that's turned out great. He's gone Division three in football. He, he's gone and, and hired, you know, a, a coordinator in the SEC and, and Heupel to be a head coach. I mean, he's kind of done – there's not a there's not a, there's not not a a book on his hiring path, I guess, or his hiring plan, Chad, which I think is intriguing to a lot of people. When you look at time frame and how this thing was sped up to bring in an AD – would you be surprised if this thing went past, let's say, next Friday? Let's go a week from now in terms of a football coach being in place? I think it's done by Wednesday. I really do. I think this thing's going to be accelerated. I think he's going to talk to everybody. He's got a list of candidates in his head that meet certain criterias, and he's going to talk to the, to the team and then go from there. But I think it'll be much like, you know, kind of his ascent to – the, the director of athletics, I think he's, he's going to go fast. You know, I think if, if he truly listens to what the message is from the kids today when he visits with the football team, I think, that, I think the overrounding, the resounding thing he's going to hear from them is get me somebody. Because think about these kids, okay? On Monday, they learn that their coach is gone. There's, they, they get a video goodbye from him. Then all of a sudden, Fulmer walks in and tells them, hey, guys, everything's going to be okay. Okay? Well, then Fulmer's out. Okay? Then Dante Plowman comes in. Hey, you know, be patient. Believe in us. Trust us. The whole nine yards, we're going to get you somebody. You know, we're going to do this. Kevin Steele's telling everybody to say, stay, stay. Give us a chance. Give them a chance. They're thinking Kevin Steele's got a chance to be their coach. Today, they're going to hear their fifth message. It's probably going to be the same message of patience, but it's from the fifth person in less than 72 hours. Okay, I think he's going to walk out of that room and there's going to be a he's going to have an even greater sense of urgency to get a hire because I think he's going to feel the unrest that this roster has with things right now. Well, and, and, and they should have unrest. I mean, especially those positions that don't have coaches currently with them. I mean, like think about being a, a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. <laughs> you know, like you don't know who to who to call when there's a problem. And, and there have been multiple problems. Uh you know, over the last couple of weeks. And they didn't have anybody to call, especially once Pruitt was out and then Tennessee really didn't know who to call, the players. I think the other I think thing, I think the other thing too, real quick, is, Rob, what's Kevin Steele's mindset coming out of his meeting with, with Danny White today? I mean, look, Kevin Steele has done a remarkable job of trying to hold this thing together. I mean, literally, he, he's, been, he's been the guy at the end of the couch where the kids come and sit on the couch and vent about all their problems, or they call him all hours of the night. Does he, Rob, stay committed to this thing until they get a coach, or does his conversation coming out of Danny White today is, you know what, I think I'm going to pack up my truck and I'm heading back to South Carolina or to Auburn, you know, or does he say, hey, I'm going to get my money, but I'm not going to work 16 hours a day babysitting kids. I'm going to come in, log in the office, and log back out. That might affect the timeline too, don't you think? I don't know if it's, it affects the timeline, but I just – I mean, we've talked about this amongst ourselves a lot. I mean, I just think – I mean, hiring still was – I mean, you can kind of understand it. I mean, I think Philip probably saw the writing on the wall and, and knew he was going to need somebody to babysit 
for, for a little while. But I just think that it's incredibly unattractive to a candidate to force an assistant on him. I mean, any, anybody you want to hire, unless they have a previous relationship with Kevin Steele, they're going to want to bring their own dudes. I mean, that's universal across the board. But I think I personally think Kevin Steele's in a great spot. I think he's got a chance to make $900,000 for about a month's worth of work. Is that why the name Tony Elliott keeps popping up? Because of a prior relationship both with Danny White in previous searches, but also with Kevin Steele? I, I, I think it's if, more about – go ahead. I don't yeah. know if the Kevin Steele part of it, but I do think I, I've been told it's the previous searches. You know, he was a factor in 2017 at UCF. And then here's the other thing. Um, and talking to some different people today, apparently, you know, of course I'm taking this at face value. Apparently Tony Elliott's a very loyal guy. And so like looking at jobs during season is something he's just not comfortable with because he wants to be able to dedicate his whole time to where he's at. This is not in season. So I, you know, I think there's some real interest there from a guy like Tony Elliott, um, you know, with Tennessee, we'll see if, if, if Danny White reciprocates that, but it would make sense because those two have at least had discussions before. And that's outside the box. And it's also not a hire that would have to break the bank for Tennessee to bring in a current sitting right. coordinator somewhere else. But do you feel like the powers that be are prepared to break the bank if the right current head coach is interested in the Tennessee job? They set a precedent, didn't they? Yep. I mean, didn't, I mean they're, they're paying somebody, somehow, some way, the university is paying $2 million to hire Danny White over $2 million just to, just to get him hired, to get him out of his contract at, at UCF. So we'll, we'll wait to see exactly how that's going to be managed, who's paying that, are they going to do a game swap or whatever. Um, but that, that's being worked out, I'm told, this or hopefully this afternoon being finalized. And then on top of that, they're making this guy one of the highest paid athletic directors in the country. Uh, he's got to be top five, if not top three, in the country in terms of salary. They're paying a basketball coach $5 million. So the precedent is being laid there to, yeah, you can do the old proverbial back up the Brinks truck, Rob, and, and, and pay somebody cash, which is ironic because all we've heard about is how they don't have any money. But somebody's finding some money somewhere, it seems like. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that people behind the scenes have stepped up and just to, you know, maybe gas is getting ready to go up two cents a gallon of pilot. <laughs> <laughs> but – there's the, I mean, the Mike hire to me, you don't go, you don't go this big on an athletic director. If you're going to, you know, try to hire a football coach on the cheap. Rob Lewis has connection in Saudi oil field somewhere. <laughs> that, that's how he knows how the money's hey, going up on a coach. Though, right now with Roe. Perfect time. You can blame it on the politics. That's true. Not UT football. Well, and it's, yeah. it feels like you mentioned the, it's always darkest before the dawn that whoever Tennessee hires, that even with an athletic director being hired, it stabilized things a bit. You know, you got players now on social media tweeting out some encouragement about the direction of things. There's some positive press now around Tennessee athletics, which there's not been a lot, especially with football lately. But it feels like anyone that you hire, at least initially, is going to walk in and make an impression on the current roster that could stabilize things. In the meantime, while they figure out what's going on with the NCAA and what's going to happen next, do you guys buy into that, that just having someone in place, whoever Danny White picks, is going to help this roster and get guys back in the fold or keep guys in the fold? Well, I don't know about you, Brent, but it just feels like having an AD in place 
but when there was no AD in place, you knew that the AD hire had to take place before you could even turn the page to hiring a head coach. Now it's like, okay, step one done. We can actually start looking at potential candidates, you know, uh, you know, even just the players sitting around just looking at things, just feel, I think there's a little bit cozier feeling now, whereas I felt like somebody left the door open there a few days ago and people were walking out into the cold just because it, it, it was better than, you know, sitting there, you know, with nothing to do. Let's be honest, Rob. People like new, okay? Adults like new, okay? Kids like new. That's why there's 7 million kids in the transfer portal, right? It's about going and getting something new. And so I think the newness of it right now and the fact that it, Tennessee is making some news, there's some positive vibes about it, is encouraging to everybody. Now, there are darker days coming. I think everybody understands that. But there is a newness to it, and there's movement. Monday, there was no movement. Okay. I mean, Monday was the funeral, if you will. But today, Rob, there's movement. And I think there's encouragement from that. I, I think that's natural. I agree completely. And I mean, I, and I think the fact that you could convince it, I mean, you know, obviously 1.8 million goes a long way towards convincing them, but I mean, Danny White had, had options. I mean, he's, and, and would have options next year. I mean, lots of them. The fact that you've got him to come here and take this job with the NCAA clouds that, that are coming, that are you know hanging over and nobody knows what that's going to look like. I think that sends a strong message. And I, I think that, you know, having him in charge now expands the pool of realistic candidates that you're going to look at. I mean, they see a guy, you know, they don't see a 70 year old athletic director. That's going to, who they know is not, if they're successful, they're going to be working for a new, a new boss three or four years down the road. They see a guy where if they have success, you know, he's going to be their boss for the next five, eight, 10 years. I mean, I, I think it's a big deal. He hit on the fact that he likes to build and he likes a challenge. Some people are just made up that way. You don't think Theo Epstein's not sitting there going, I built the Boston Red Sox after 100 years into a world champion and then went to the Chicago Cubs and did the same thing. Some people are just wired that way. So in my, in, in, it's my feeling that, you know, this guy, he, he could he have had other jobs probably could have, but I think he would love to be able to say, I took Tennessee from a dumpster fire and put them in position to be relevant again. I, th I thought one of his best quotes or, or most inter interesting quotes was, you know, it's a great brand. I like the fact that the brand needs to be polished. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting deal, uh, Rob. I, I think that's an interesting challenge and, kind of where I wanted to go next with this. And, and maybe my question wasn't very relevant that I asked, but I, I think there's a fine line with polishing the brand and completely rebranding or doing a major rebrand um, with some, with a place that's got a lot of great traditions. I mean, this, he's not going to come in and um, put cabanas in Neyland stadium and a lazy river around the stadium, but, but you this think guy, he's not. well, this guy's <laughs> not been afraid to, to mix a lot of things up. And I do think when you go to a big job like this, there is that challenge of innovation without losing kind of who you are and some of the tradition stuff. Now, some people say, you know what, it's time to move on. And I think he kind of hinted at today, like, yeah, you're going to respect and keep tradition, but he's going to keep trying to push things um, moving forward. And, and I think that that's what it, it struck me today as something interesting I do think for him that's a, that's a really fine uh, balance, uh, if you will. Well, I mean, I think the easiest thing to do, Rob, is, is if you want to get a little more juice and stuff, is to simply 
go with things that Tennessee's done in the past to create juice. Jerseys, those type of things to where you don't mess, necessarily mess with things like the ball walk or running through the tee or any of the, the, the real tradition-rich stuff. But you, you would get more innovative and kind of get more with the times. Think about Tennessee really kind of went away from all that. You know, when, when Coach Pruitt came in, got away from the Smoky Grays. I, 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 there's a, I think there's a portion of people that I think will want to, you know, get back to the kind of the trendy things, the small trendy things, not like massive overdues, but little things. I, I mean, and I think, and, and we'll see, but by sense of, of the guy, just from, you know, a 30-minute press conferences, he gets that stuff, but I don't think he's into the fluff, if that makes sense. You know, just doing, you know, doing things to, that, to garner attention that, you know, to, just to garner attention. I mean, I, I think that fan experience, that kind of stuff, I'll, I'll be surprised if he doesn't have, have some innovative ways to, to get people engaged that are, are fun and not, you know, just, you know, little idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic things. So there are two things, guys, I want to end with, uh, w- with you. And I'm not asking you to give me your pick for the head coaching job or, or anything like that or who you think Danny White is going to pick. But I just want each of you to give me a name that, for whatever reason, is just on your mind right now. A coach that you've been thinking about, a coach that maybe has a connection to Danny White, a coach that, for whatever reason, you've decided to research a bit in the last couple of days. Austin, I'll start with you uh, on, on the name you're thinking about right now. I'm going to go Luke Fickle. I don't know why. He's, he's a trendy name, but I, I don't think you see a ton of people talking about him. Um, most people are talking about Lane Kiffin and this and that. Um, so I, I'm going to go Luke Fickle um, as kind of this out-of-the-box type guy. Rob, not that he's out of the box, but, I mean, I, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. most people thought he was going to wait for – Michigan State or Michigan or Ohio State or, or one of those big or, – or Notre Dame, one of those Big Ten Northern jobs. He's not Lane Kiffin or Hugh Freeze, so it's outside the box for a lot of Tennessee fans. So I, I totally know what you're saying with that, Austin. Rob, what about you? I mean, I don't, I don't think they can get this guy because I just don't – I mean, just the vibes. Matt Campbell at Iowa State I think is – I mean, that's not out of the box by any means. I mean, I think everybody looks at him as a guy who's ready to move up. But just with what he's done at – a really, really tough job, I think, has been very impressive. And, again, I, it doesn't feel like he's looking to move on or move into a place with all the NCAA issues, but that, that cat has gotten it done at a really tough spot. If you want to talk about just somebody nobody's talking about following up his line of not having the hot boards, does, does a call go to James Franklin? I see some similarities in the fact that James Franklin's very student-athlete-oriented – but James Franklin came to Nashville when Vanderbilt had no pulse and hadn't had one in forever. And he generated some organic buzz. It was not slogans. It was not overhyped, but he allowed some access in. If you think about it, he was like one of the first guys to do like a video deal on signing day. And he generated some buzz that way. You know, would that be a way outside the box guy, outside of other people that, that we're talking about? I still think that the offensive thing is going to be the most – is going to be really important to him. Because those kids, when, when the six to nine people he talked to said, what are you looking for? They go, coach, we want to score. We want to score some points. And so, you know, where's the offensive guy out there? I don't think Jeff Levy's ready at Ole Miss. Uh, but he's not been afraid to take a chance on a guy who's not perceived as ready. So who's the offensive guy out there 
um, that maybe we're not looking at right now as an outside the box kind of uh, unnamed, unknown name. And for a big time guy, James Franklin has a pretty manageable $5 million buyout. And I thought his comments on integrity today was certainly Hugh Freeze directed. And I think it had some Lane Kiffin direction in it too. When you talk about developing role models and that type of thing, I wonder if that had a little bit of a, a Lane Kiffin vibe to it as well. So certainly, guys, an interesting day on, on Rocky Top. And, and Chad, we appreciate you, you managing uh, this, this Zoom force here to help us bounce around. Any quick final thoughts in the last couple of minutes here as we wrap it up as you got a feel for, for Danny White today in this search and certainly the direction that there's going on. Any other thing that, that jumps to your mind? I just think it's going to come – I think the hire's going to come out of left field, Rob. <laughs> That's just the feeling I get after listening to him today. Yeah, nothing will surprise me. Again, I'll just go back to what I said to open it up. I mean, for the first time ever in the history, I mean, Tennessee, like, really went outside the family, didn't make a safe choice. They were aggressive in turn. And I'm talking about an athletic director hire and, and hired somebody, you know, na that's nationally regarded as an up-and-comer and has no previous ties to the university. And for the first time in a week, Tennessee's got positive buzz and positive vibes out there uh, about uh, the – In a week. Yeah, in, yeah. Well, it, it, this week, I should say. Maybe it's the first time in months. That's right. That's just, I, I said that incorrectly. But some positive juice for Tennessee. We'll see what comes of this team meeting later today. We'll see what comes out of the talks with Kevin Steele. Again, um, as we noted on the board, he's bringing a couple of guys with him, including a compliance guy, as the overhaul of the athletic department uh, will, will take place in a variety of places, I think, in the coming weeks, months, and even years uh, as um, – Danny White puts his handprint and thumbprint on Tennessee athletics. That's going to do it for this post um, press conference wrap up here with uh, Austin Price and Rob Lewis and Chad Withrow. Appreciate you joining us. Have a great rest of your Friday and a great weekend, everybody.